two stories, two, Josh, that are kind of developing as this program progresses that didn't quite make the top five stories of the day. One, seems like there's a little bit of, oh, I don't know what the best way to put it, maybe embarrassment, concern from those who put on the Waste Management Open in Phoenix, where the fallout and the fun apparently has reached that point that it always does in situations like this. To Got a little too crazy, didn't it? Reminds me a little bit of when NASCAR used to have its parties in the infield, right? You'd go to a NASCAR race, Texas Motor Speedway, RVs, RVs done up like bars, parties. It was crazy, Josh, crazy. And then eventually at one point, at least in Texas, they're like, yeah, that's not what we want to be known for. Mom and dad left, a little vacation went out of town. Eventually, a son or daughter that throws the house party's like, oh, I've made a big mistake. Kind of feel like, what was the movie? What was the movie that was about the kid that had the massive house party and the parents come home and the song Heads Will Roll was in it? <laughs> but changes are coming to next year's Waste Management Open in the wake of a series of incidents involving fans and golfers. Chains. Cosby, the civic organization, who is the executive director. What a cool title. He's the executive director of the Thunderbirds. Dude, give me that. Casey, I would like to be known from henceforth as the executive director of the Thunderbirds. Apparently, it's an organization that hosts the event. Told the Golf Channel channel that the tournament is already looking at ways to fix the issues that plagued the largest tournament on the PGA this year. So what – I mean, what are they going to do? Just not sell as much – I mean, they're still going to sell alcohol, so what are they going to do? I don't know. I mean, they've created a monster. It's just – I don't know how you – it attracts a certain kind of crowd now. Right. right? More than any other golf tournament. It's it's basically thought to be a house party. So – I don't know how you change that. And – I don't know. They're they're blaming the weather this year because people weren't out walking around as much. So they were drinking more. They were drinking more inside. Um, well, that that makes sense. Sure. The tournament decided to stop letting fans in on Saturday when a large paved road that runs along the right side of the fairway was so packed with people that foot traffic wasn't able to flow. <laughs> Um, and it, it probably doesn't help that every single video that you have coming out of that event involves the drunkest person trying to walk that maybe I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> People chucking beer cups. And- yeah. It, I mean, it, 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 it attracts a different crowd. It does. And that's and, fine. And, and if you've been to a golf tournament, you've already got kind of a wild crowd and to begin with. Right. It's, uh. A little bit of heckling at times, and there's there's drinking involved, but this is to a whole different level. Yeah, this is to that point where you're like, uh, all right. we get- There is, I, you know, I say there's some heckling involved, and yet there is a level of decorum, right? Sure. At other golf tournaments that if you cross that line, you're out. Well, I, I was talking about it on Friday night with the Washington fans. Talk your talk. But there is this point where you're like, uh, shut up. Sit down. You know, stop it. You're embarrassing us all. So that's Phoenix Open has finally decided to do something about it, or at least the group that puts on the event. And then there is this, Josh. You just sent this to me. 
in the greatest example of, hey, 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 we're still here. We're still a part of this. Your mark's the master, at least, of doing that, is he not? <laughs> uh, Ross Dellinger has an article laying out how the Big, Twi- Big 12 and ACC are still very much players, despite being left out of this joint venture between the Big 10 and the SEC, that basically is going to talk about, we think, what, a new era as far as the power two is concerned going forward. But your Mark and Jim Phillips both have said that they are very much involved. And listen, the Big 12 makes more money right now than the ACC. But the Big 10 is, is doubling what those two schools or those two uh, conferences make essentially with ease. Leaders from the ACC and Big 12 believe they pack enough of a resume punch to represent a voice on impending change. How about this? Go ahead. Here's here's uh, from the Big Ten SEC advisory, whatever they, you want to call it, okay? Mm-hmm. Three distinct yet intermingled parts that they're working on. The creation of a new athlete compensation model and further deregulation from NCAA governance. We've talked a lot about that, okay? Mm-hmm. The expected overhaul of the college football playoff revenue distribution model, governance structure, and perhaps even format. What, what does that mean in your mind? Oh, that's a lot of fancy words. I'll, I'll read it again, okay? So you can try and wrap your mind okay. around this. The expected overhaul of the college football playoff revenue distribution model, right. governance structure, and perhaps even format. That sounds like a lot of meetings that are going to lead to more committees to meet about what this needs to look like. <laughs> well, that's guaranteed. sounds like to me. Here's what I take from it. Go ahead. Big Ten and SEC want more than the other leagues. Yes. They, they want a larger share because they think they're going to bring more eyeballs to the event. And they want more money from the folks that are going to house it. You know, the ESPNs, Fox, whoever winds up with television rights to the uh, playoff, they want a bigger cut of that. Okay. And then the third and final item here that they're working on, this will upset some, I think. Go ahead. The inevitable expansion of the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Is the theory that we have so many college basketball playing teams that there needs to be a larger representation in 68? I guess. Or is it that the Big 12 and the ACC, and then in that the NCAA realize this is our moneymaker, <laughs> so we better get as many tournament games as we can possibly have to make it more lucrative? Do you just wipe out the NIT and combine them? Maybe. Maybe so. But, boy, if you're worried about a 12-team playoff devaluing the regular season, can you imagine, like, 100 teams in the NCAA basketball tournament, what that would do to the hoops regular season? You think we don't care about it now? When's the last time you heard about a college basketball game breaking TV ratings records? It just doesn't happen, man. And when you – until March, if you expand it even more, ugh. I don't yeah, know, I'm, I'm not crazy about that either. Huh? I'd have to see 
what they're thinking in terms of expansion. Okay, so first of all, I just want to – More bubble teams getting in and having sort of play-in games to the tournament, I'm in for that. Right. But everybody just gets a seat and we, we add – we basically double the field. I That's too much. Okay, first of all, we need to have a conversation with the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. All right, from the 918, the first movie guess was Risky Business. Guy. S. Rob Booman. Ferris Bueller is the answer to your house party kit. Okay, first of all, Ferris Bueller never had a party in his house. Ferris Bueller took a day off. Took a day off, and he went and took over Chicago. Risky business. That's so old, I don't even remember. Guys, the correct answer was Project X, okay? That's the movie I was thinking of. That's, that's, uh, that's newer. Yes, exactly. We need to upgrade our – I'm as guilty of this as anyone – S. Rob Booman, 918. What year did Project X come out? I say it's new. Uh, tw- I, I actually had to pull it up to look. 2012. Oh, my. It's 12 years ago. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> All right, let's hit the top five. There's, there's a couple stories that didn't quite make it. Uh, it's time for the top five stories of the day, brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Man, we were out there yesterday. Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107. Or hit Highway 9, take that Newcastle exit and turn right. You uh, you got so many cool things. Front Row Sports Bar at Newcastle Casino with their monthly drink specials. They've got uh, every night, midnight moolah where you're a winner. And you become a new member at Newcastle Casino and earn up to $250 in bonus play. NewcastleCasino.com. Big story number five. Number five. I mean, that's Rob Booman. Ferris Bueller didn't even have anyone in his house. He was sleeping. He was sick in his house. I mean, come on, man. To to defend S. Rob Booman just for a minute here. (laughs) Any reason to talk about Ferris Bueller is acceptable, though. I am. uh, Fantastic movie. I let my kids watch it. Because we're slowly but surely getting, getting to into, the age, getting to the age to where it's like, I think it's time that you experience Dumb and Dumber, or I think it's time that you experience Happy Gilmore, or I think, right? These these classics, yeah, they weren't necessarily in on Ferris. Oh Bueller's. man! In fact, they uh, they both left. Well, grounded. <laughs> they were grounded, right? I took their <laughs> devices away from them. Have you tried to watch a movie with a teenager recently? By the way, it's not a fun experience. They sit there on their phone the whole damn time. It's just what do you? Yeah, it's uh now I'm guilty of this too if the movie's bad, but it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Josh. I, I know the experience. Uh, I've had that experience many times with my fiance who cannot stay focused on the movie immediately to Instagram. It's like, come on, can can you dial in for two hours here? The Reels game has been fire though, pretty much recently. So I mean, I can completely understand. Well, these that. are more uh, TikTok recipes. Oh, and things too. recipes, right? Oh, I've got a lot of those favorited too. My new favorite guy is that uh, kind of portly dude. That's like we're cooking, and then he opens up a beer and he starts just cooking stuff up. Have you seen him yet? <laughs> okay, well th- that might be acceptable That's my guy. content. All right, big story number five. Did we already do that? We did, but okay. I'll, I'll, just for just just for me, just for, for giggles, me. right? So I don't number forget. five, NFL Combine invitees have been released. Three Oklahoma Sooners make the list. They're all offensive linemen: Walter Rouse, Andrew Rame, and Tyler Guyton. Of course. The Plank Show is very disappointed by the omission of one Drake Stoops. Anybody else we think got snubbed? 
you know, I was just sitting here thinking to myself, who else from Oklahoma do we kind of expect to be drafted right now? I, I mean. Is that it? I think that's kind of it right now. I don't, and I say that. Next year will be, you know, OU had two guys that elected to come back. Right. In Stutzman and Bowman. So those would be two names that would be on this list, but thankfully they're coming back. Um, Guyton, Rame. And uh, Walter Guy, Rouse. Walter Rouse. Gosh, why do I keep forgetting Walter Rouse now? Oh my goodness, I'm Walter sorry. Uh, Walter Davis. Walter Anderson. <laughs> but as far as Oklahoma is concerned, Josh, I I don't really know who else we're kind of looking at to try to say, okay, this guy might get Austin Stogner. I mean, Rondell Bothroyd. I don't. Probably not on either. Yeah. So you're. You know, you're looking at those three, and that's about it right now outside of Drake Stoops. So might be a might be kind of quick. I can quick. definitely see uh, – I think somebody's going to take a flyer on Stoops. Draft. Okay, so the big story number four, sticking with the NFL. Number four. Record breaking. The Chiefs win in Super Bowl 58 over the San Francisco 49ers was the most watched Super Bowl in television history. According to the Nielsen and Adobe Analytics, whoa, when did we throw Adobe into this? Very pricey, Adobe. Very pricey, Josh. (laughs) Uh, The Chiefs' win averaged 123.4 million viewers across TV and streaming platforms, shattering last year's mark of 115 million for the Chiefs and the Eagles. That this combines a lot, right? CBS, Nickelodeon, Univision, Paramount Plus, and like I said, I was watching on some of the NFL digital platforms. Nielsen also said a record 202.4 million people watched at least part of the game across all networks. A 10% jump over last year. The CBS broadcast itself, $120 million. This, my friends is why the NFL will never go to pay-per-view or just exclusive streaming. It's too much of a of a meal ticket for these networks. Sure. Are you kidding me? I mean, the, the advertising dollars that you can guarantee when uh, it's not a pay-per-view event. As soon as it goes pay-per-view, it's uh, – I yeah. mean, there's, there's no guarantee on the advertising side. <laughs> and I work with someone who is like, oh, yeah, it's going pay-per-view. You'll make so much money. I'm like, you're making so much money right now. You're, yes. You're taking away from these networks if you go pay-per-view. Now, there is some that say the increase can be attributed to the change in which viewers are counted. Nielsen began including out-of-home viewers in its ratings in 2020, but only from limited markets. That expanded to all 50 states beginning this year. I mean, you have to have that. There, there's in this day and age, you cannot have a here's how many people watched and not include streaming devices. Exactly. It's, it's just it's inaccurate. So there's a couple of fun holdovers, right? The conversation about three peating for Kansas City. Here's what Patrick Mahomes said about that talk. Back next year with the fresh mindset, knowing it's going to be even harder, and uh, we got to continue to play our best football. Uh, we'll celebrate these next few weeks, and then we'll get right back at it. By the way, the Chiefs do celebrate well. 
Remember a couple of years ago, whenever Mahomes shows up at the Post Malone concert, and that was the first one. That was Kel- great. The Kelsey and Tell, you're like, okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And uh, Andy Reid has no problem calling it a dynasty. Been very fortunate to have been around some great organizations and good teams, and this this group here and organization are tremendous. And if somebody said dynasty and tagged it onto it, I'd, I'd be very proud of that. Well, it is. So, congratulations. Is Take the tag. Absolutely dynastic. All Viva right. Las Vegas, baby. Big story number three. Number three. Number three. Oh. OKC back in action tonight. They take on the Orlando Magic, 630 with the opening tip. Magic a little bit better maybe than I expected. At the top of the 10 o'clock hour, you had brought up, hey, quick inventory. How are you feeling about the NBA season so far? Not a big conversation piece here on the on the Plank Show, right? We're not big NBA guys until we get a little bit later in the season. Six seed right now, but I, we kind of have to jump in, do we not? Now, I mean, oh, we're in post All Star break. Football's over. Football's over. So it's not a bad Orlando Magic team, but also for OKC, let's just go win one on the road. Thunder have lost its last three games. On the road, a little three-game road skid. Go to Orlando tonight. Uh, I would have loved to seen Paolo Boncaro in an OKC uniform, but I think it worked out okay with uh, with Chet for now. But they're a good team, man. They, it's going all right. He and he and Suggs have made a nice little combination for Orlando. That is six thirty tonight. It will be on TNT, which gets us to big story number two. Number two. We did have some hoops last night, including. An historic performance from Darion Williams. 2.40 left. Red Raiders up 73-48. Williams for three. Got it! (laughs) Oh, he's got 29. (laughs) That's a great call. Basically, it did feel like that. He had 29 points last night. All right, he finished with 30 points, and he was perfect everywhere. 12 of 12 oh from the field, goodness. 4 for 4 from beyond the three-point line, 2 for 2 – wait, did I say that right, three-point line? 2 for 2 from the free-throw line. He had 11 rebounds, dished out three assists, and had two steals. What was his true shooting percentage? Perfect. He's 12 for 12. He was 100%. 100. That's correct. Yeah, he was perfect. Um, has he even come close to doing that before? Well, so, I, I don't mean perfect. Look at the game log here. I mean – I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I've, I watched, I watched them play a couple days ago against Cincinnati, and he was awful. Um, yeah, the uh, oh, he's on a heater right now. He's got 60 points in his last three games. Okay, yeah, his, he's uh, on fire. His previous season high was 17 in the loss at Baylor. Not bad. A couple of games ago. Yeah. Uh, and then Tech had the other dude that went off against them whenever they came here and beat Oklahoma. So basically, I see what Grant McCaslin is doing. He's he's using the one guy catches fire and has a career game against major opponents. Yeah, smokes and mirrors. <laughs> I still don't know if Tech is any good. So they get a big win last night, and then uh, seventy nine to fifty was the final score. So well, they're got, definitely good, but are they great? Are they are they elite? Is Joe Flacco elite? Josh also in the Big Twelve last night. Uh, don't sleep on TCU. Not going to sleep. They beat a bad West Virginia team, 81-65. to Played really well. Leads us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. 
number one. OU and Baylor this evening on ESPN2 at 8 p.m. Now, we're going to get a break, and when we come back, we're going to hear from John Morris, JMO, longtime play-by-play voice at Baylor. But Toby said something in the crossover, Josh, that I don't know why. It's just kind of stayed with me since, and I've been trying to figure it out. He said they're going to have to overcome some adversity tonight. And I, I didn't – is that just basically previewing and saying, oh, they're on the road, so it's going to be tough in Foster Pavilion? Is there something else that maybe – that's an Easter egg, and we don't know what's – T-Rose well, dropping us a little hint in a kind sort of way, or no? When does that Sooner Radio Network broadcast start? It looks like we'll be on the air with a 7.30 p.m. pregame show for the 8 o'clock tip. We're about to find out. I just – 7.30. Whenever he said they need to overcome some adversity tonight, in my mind I thought yeah, – Is yeah, somebody yeah. dinged up. Right. In my mind I'm like, oh, yeah, you're Foster Pavilion, right? So that's going to be tough anyway. It's a new place. You have a shot there a lot. But then I'm like – could there be something more going on here? You just never know. And well, I, let's hope not. And I don't I, – I, then I go back. I'm like, do I remember anyone leaving the game or anything that happened in their last home game? I mean, somebody could be sick. Oh, gosh, yes. Which, by the way, which, by the way, there is just no, hey, I'm out for a little bit. I got a little – I'm going to go home. I've got a cold. It's, it's what, whatever this, this flu or this strep throat that's going around right now – It'll knock you out for at least 24 hours, if not more, like 72 hours maybe. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. Oh, you Baylor tonight, just pure planculation, a little speculation, trying to read into something. But what do we know? I like that. What do we know about Foster Pavilion? What do we know about Baylor? Let's find out more about Oklahoma's opponent next. Plus, I did all this work on this NCAA versus everybody, and we never got to it. because Let's Because we had the, the breaking news with the Pro Bowl, or not Pro Bowl, what am I trying to say, uh, combine invites. So I'd like to get into that as well, plus great text to read as we head down the home stretch. There's your top five stories of the day. Combine invites for Guyton, Raymond, Rouse. Super Bowl ratings, most, uh, most watched Super Bowl ever. 6.30 tonight, OKC in Orlando. Kansas gets beat by 30 last night, and Oklahoma's at Baylor at 8. More on that next on The Ref. <laughs> I have not done anything I need to do during commercial breaks today, by the way. Not even close. Sorry. That was a fun commercial break right there. That was. There was some reflecting. A little, and little trash talking going on. A little water, water cooling. On the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. I, I did have to laugh, by the way. I just pulled up Twitter. Andy hit us up on Twitter at the top of the hour, back at 11 a.m. At the Sooner Andy? Uh, this is at X Talcum, so I don't think it is Sooner Andy. <laughs> Okay. I don't know what ex talcum means, but I like it. But he uh he texted or you you had brought up the point about like mom and dad were away, so it was a party, right? <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, like that movie, you know, where they had the massive house party and everyone got arrested. <laughs> right. And the first two suggestions were risky business and Ferris Bueller's day off. Andy writes, I was thinking weird science. <laughs> it was Project X, just for those. They're that- uh Probably our number of submissions you could put here. That's not a unique no, no storyline. Exactly, exactly. I mean, if you wanted to say neighbors, I think that uh, I don't know. That's not a mom and dad 
leave, though. That's college kids, I guess. Las Vegas Sooner checked in, though, and I wanted to read this off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. He said, guys, failed to send this to you yesterday. First, Vegas was crazy busy. More than 350,000 visitors. Great for the economy. Traffic, not so much. (laughs) Well, from everything that I heard, Las Vegas Sooner, the Super Bowl did what it could. All right, I say the Super Bowl. The NFL and the committee tried to do everything to where it was all within walking distance. Now, I don't know how viable that is with the location of Allegiant Stadium. But, yeah, traffic already sucks in Vegas. Can yeah, you the strip is the strip. Um, and it ain't easy getting around. Sooner Soldier, Drake not being invited to the Combine. Is that a bad thing? It's not that it's a bad thing. It's just it seems to – it makes the road a little bit tougher whenever it comes to, like, being a first and second, you know, maybe even, you know, early third-day pick. There's a lot of people that get drafted that that don't get invited to the Combine. I mean, a lot of people that get drafted. But usually it's what? Like fifth round, sixth round, seventh round. Now, I I like to use the Jordan Evans conversation. Jordan Evans, whenever he was trying to get drafted, did not get invited to the Combine. So what did he do? He came to the OU Pro Day and ran the fastest time of any linebacker that was in the draft. Now, it was a little bit skewed because they had Tyron Matthew listed as a linebacker that year whenever – I mean, he was a safety. But Jordan Evans suddenly is like, whoa, what? Let's go watch tape on this kid. Let's see what's going on. So it's a bad thing in just – you're not one of the, what I say, 250 that gets invited there, but it's not the end of the line. It's not the end of the road. Well, and he uh, impressed at the Senior Bowl. <laughs> yes. Or not the Senior Bowl, the Shrine Bowl. Yeah, thank The Shrine you. Bowl. A uh, couple of other quick texts, and I want to get to this John Moore stuff. Before we break, um, Camo Sooner asks a softball question. Right. Is this the largest, most versatile pitching staff that Patty has ever had? Oh, I I don't doubt that it's the largest. I mean, you got six arms in there. Versatility, I can't go back and remember like the combinations pre like twenty fourteen or thirteen, right? But it Lowry and Parker was a nice little I, I would one say two. As far as what everyone does different, yeah, that's a great point. It really, truly is. Well, what does everybody do different? Kelly Maxwell does it all good. Oh, my gosh, man. I was just – I was really impressed with her this weekend. Keeney? Keeney moves it all over the place, can throw a little bit of everything. Monticelli throws hard, doesn't walk a lot of batters. Of course, she had a walk on Deal. Friday. Deal's got some things to figure out, man. She wasn't very good. On Saturday. Nicole I hate, May. I hate saying that. Just veteran presence can do it all. So you you got a good mix. And then SJ can flat out spin it. She got to work on her velocity, but she can spin it. So it's probably the deepest collection of arms, right? Hmm. I mean, to have six that legitimately can, can go out and eat up innings for you. Sure. And I think four that you're going to see a lot. And maybe a fifth. I mean, let's. I'm not giving up on Kirsten Deal. Last year, all. pretty good though, too. Boy, yeah, it was. 
Just here, here's here's two on the Jordy conversation from earlier. Uh, Justin from almost Arkansas. This is hilarious. If Jordy Ball was a football player, this whole thing would be different. We don't wish her luck because she left. She's not even worth talking about anymore. She abandoned her team. I don't know about all that. Justin, Justin. Calm down a little bit, dude. She won two national championships with the team. She won two titles. One of them, she was hurt and still found a way to come back and pitch in one of the three championship series games. And Oklahoma probably doesn't win that national title last year if she doesn't go pitch for pitch with Kennedy. And I don't so, claim I don't claim to know anything what's going on over there, how different players, you know, current and former maybe feel about the decision. But the bottom line is this, for me as, you know, media member fan, like I don't even I don't feel good watching Chiefs fans treat Tyreek Hill bad. The guy won you a ring. You hadn't won one in 50 years. And this is the guy that you want to get sideways with? Well, and, and I also, here's the thing. We all subscribe. Well, I can't say Vince McMahon theory anymore, can I? Uh, we all subscribe. Nobody <laughs> we wants have to, to be retire. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, we got to move that. Uh, I just am from the mindset of, we want you here, but if you want to go somewhere else, good luck. It's not abandoning your team if you want to go home, but it's just, there's, it's different sports too, dude. I mean, that's. If you want to treat people that way, then when they leave, fine. And there is a large fact, a large faction that I, you don't want to be here, F you. It's a different world, dude. It is a different world, Justin. And who's to say, who's to say that Jordy realizes she made a mistake and the next thing you know, she's on the phone saying, I want to come back, right? That's the world we live in now, which is why I'm not big on burning bridges. I'm not big on MFing a guy who doesn't choose you in recruiting. It's more of, Dang, man, wish we had you. Good luck. I'm never going to sell anyone on that take. Never. We're never going to be 100% on that. But I wish that we would get closer Get closer to it. Yeah. And, and then there's True, who right after this writes, who are these OU fans that are giving Jordy a hard time? Are they really softball fans, or are they the uncles that think OU should still be running the wishbone? You know, those unrealistic fans. Yeah, I just, if you're like, she's not even worth talking about. Okay, that's fine. We're not. She's also one of the best players in college softball. She really, truly is. And I will say, a majority of the people that would reach that reached out to me were not just OU fans, but a lot of people were like, "Hey, what happened? Is she okay? Is she going to be fine?" So, it, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think you need to worry about that. Uh, I can confirm it is the deepest staff that Jen Rocha has ever had. So, if that's anything to I- add to it, definitely. I would say this, too. If, if, if you want to be in the, I don't like transfers, it's not what college is about, on and on and on, well, then college isn't about trashing a kid that wins you two national championships right. and they leave either. <laughs> right. But I, like I said, I'm probably not going to be able to change your mind on that. Uh, Jeff from OKC, right? So the OT rules aren't fair for Josh Allen against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. We got to change them. Then Patrick beats, then Patrick beats the 49ers with a new rule. And now they go to change the OT rules again. Well, well I mean, is anybody really wanting to change? I don't them? think they are. I just think everyone wanted clarification on the end of the overtime. Do you have an issue if the NFL gets together and says, "Hey, we kind of like the idea of that. Let's go ahead and continue it to where it's a second quarter"? Or I, I kind of just wish it was fifteen minutes and that's that's it. it. Yeah. Unless you're tied, and then you boom, start over again. Uh, true. 
Uh, and then quickly here to just kind of put a put a wrap on this. Were the Bills of the 90s a dynasty? Four straight trips to the Super Bowl, but no wins. I, I think there's different kind of levels. Were they a dynastic franchise that won titles? No. But in the realm of the AFC, then that was a heck of a run. A heck of a run. Sure it was. I don't I don't think you can put dynasty on it unless you're hanging banners. Yeah, you gotta win you gotta win the whole enchilada. You gotta grab all the marbles. Comparing Mahomes to Brady. Can Mahomes go to a different team like Brady did and win a Super Bowl? I say no. I'd like to see him try. <laughs> I would not. I, not for many, many years. <laughs> uh, and then Vandalay and Norman writes, every time the Chiefs win a Super Bowl, there will be six more weeks of Taylor I, Swift. I love how that's become a part of this discussion for Brady, too. He went to a stacked, ready-made roster. It's somehow it's like, well, can Mahomes do that? Yeah, yeah, probably Mahomes could go to a championship roster and take them over the top, too. Um, yes, he absolutely could. I think he should try it. I think that should be his next challenge. Not anytime soon. Uh, and then there's just, gosh, I keep saying one more. You guys are really good today. Uh, for the 402, Nebraska, looking back, the worst call was San Francisco passing on third and four instead of running after the two-minute warning. They were getting chunk yards. You get that first down, and you have the chance to run the clock down and kick the game-winning field goal. Or, or gamble. gamble. Right, right, exactly. Or gamble and go for it. How about Mahomes coming out and saying that, hey, if it was a situation that you know we needed it, we're going to go for it. If they would have scored a touchdown, we're going to go for two. I'm really glad we didn't have to see them try to do that. I would That, that play they ran, and what's great about that play that they ran that won the game? Tom you know, and Jerry. Corndog, right? Corndog, Tom and Jerry. You can always look back at Clemson beating Alabama and say what? It's a pick play. It's a pick play. The, the wide receiver absolutely took out the defensive player. It's a pick play. It's illegal. Can't say that. It's just basically that little fake kind of motion. Touchdown. I love uh, the video of Travis Kelsey just looking up to the scoreboard because he yeah, knew it worked. Because he knew. He had his as soon as Ward up. went with him. All right, we got to go. I, I'm sorry. I, I got it on the text when I wasn't expecting to. We'll get to John Morris next right here on The Ref. All right, a couple of uh, quick notes on the OU Baylor game coming up tonight at 8 p.m. It's a new, new arena, Foster Pavilion. I don't know what to expect. Now, I've watched a lot of games there. Terrible camera angles. Yeah, expect a headache. <laughs> Terrible. It's got a little GIA feel to it. But John Morris, the uh, legendary longtime play-by-play voice of the Baylor Bears, was on with Toby this morning and had this to say about things that's caught his eye early on at Foster Pavilion. Uh, yeah, a few things. Uh, number one, it, it is loud. It does get loud. and We've had some tight games there You know, when we really needed the crowd, and they've done their part. The other thing is, and this is one that I didn't really think of ahead of time, but the lighting is really good, and everybody, uh, TV guys that come in say it's a major difference. I didn't think the lighting was that bad in the Farrell Center. Now, if you go back to the Heart of Texas Coliseum, yes, the lighting was terrible there, but Farrell Center, I didn't think that was an issue, but they say the lighting in this place is just, I mean, what you'd expect and what you'd hope for a brand-new building. Okay. That's good. Nothing better than broadcasters talking about what it's like to broadcast in a sporting venue. Yeah, I know, right? That's that's what everybody is tuning in <laughs> Everybody wants to know what that feels like. Okay, well, then maybe you want to know what's going on with the Baylor Bears. You know, some young guys that are in real key roles, and they were, you could tell, learning 
through that three game losing skid and they weren't you know they weren't bad losses one was in overtime one was on a last second buzzer beater and one was in triple overtime so you know tough games close games as we get every night in the big 12 um but our young guys like Eve Meese, uh the freshman post player who was named yesterday the big 12 newcomer of the week you know first time for him to go through that and first time to be in some of these places on the road and the same for Jacoby Walter, who is very, very good, but he's still a freshman and kind of learning on the run. So I think it benefited our guys, especially the young ones, going through that. They righted the ship, you know, and had won three straight until the game Saturday and really let one slip away on Saturday. Kind of threw it away, literally, by, with 21 turnovers against Kansas. But they were right in that game. and and weren't phased, really. Even the freshmen, you know, weren't phased by being in that environment. So, oh, 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 Hold on, hold on. Itchy trigger finger. We got the show coming up on that. Sorry. Uh, they're still learning and, and will be for the entire year, but I think they're more uh, prepared to handle late-game situations now than they were early in the season. They're always good. Well, hopefully not tonight. <laughs> Stinking Baylor. Their basketball team, always good, always good. Key for the Sooners' victory tonight before we break and get to final thoughts. What do you need? I need, again, I don't know what's going on. Toby brought up this team needs to overcome adversity tonight, so I think that's probably just looking ahead to Foster Pavilion and how crazy it's going to be, new place. But I'd like to see uh, Javion McCollum continue to to roll. Always important. Uh, Jalen Moore continuing to do what he's been doing. I think the best version of Oklahoma is when Milos Yuzan plays well. So, to me, if you're talking about recipe to win on the road, that has to probably be an ingredient. Absolutely. All right, 8 o'clock tip, 7.30 pregame on the Sooner Radio Network. We'll hit you with our Primrose Funeral Services final thoughts next. So, we didn't get to talk today about the legalese. And it makes me a little bit sad because I had so much work done for this. And you guys have been clamoring for it on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Yeah, we, we let him down today, didn't we? We let him down today, that's, big time. That's sarcasm. I didn't get one text like, "Hey, where's the NCAA stuff at, Plank?" Uh, you, you promised us this. <laughs> you promised this. Did we? Uh, did we also have on our docket a difference between seven and five and nine and three in the SEC? Yeah, 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 yeah. And never got to it. Well, never roll, got to it. Roll them over. That's a beautiful thing in radio. Well. Here's the thing, though. Today is when that issue between Tennessee. Okay, well, then then hash some of it out. We got like three minutes. Okay. So, as it stands today in our final thoughts, brought to you by Primrose Funeral Service, pre-plan your memorial. Take that stress, pain, and sadness away from your family. Go to primrosefuneralservice.com. In Greenville, Tennessee today. In a federal courthouse, Tennessee has taken on the NCAA. Now, originally Josh Helmer, the judge in this case, had shot down their TRO, temporary restraining order, from both the states of the Attorney Generals of Tennessee and Virginia, in which they said, your rules about NIL are unfair and essentially illegal. You cannot punish someone for inducement, which is what Tennessee appears to be facing right now. Judge shot it down. But in shooting it down, 
He also said, you're probably going to win in court, which was one of the wildest things I think I've ever seen. A judge say that? Yeah, essentially in his ruling, it's like, uh, we're shutting this down for now. But if but you'd like to spend more money. You're going to win. <laughs> in the end, with the way that the Supreme Court has ruled, you're going to win. So Tennessee is going to try and win today. But the best part of all of this right now, Josh Helmer, is in Greenville, Tennessee, at this moment, a Tennessee fan rented a lift in which he is hanging a massive UT banner off said lift, which is located right outside the courthouse in Greenville where the hearing is taking place in Tennessee today. Let's go, Falls. So not only are they fighting and going to beat – sorry, Steely, I might have spit on the mic there – the NCAA today – but their fans also rented a mass. I can't imagine that's cheap. And the banner, I'm sure, isn't cheap either. That's hanging right outside the window of the courthouse where this is going to be heard. Well, that's going to show them for sure. Guys, let me tell you. I am so ready for the SEC in this craziness, man. Let's go. <laughs> I know. These, these fans, man, it's going to be a different world. It's a little bit of a different world. Wow. Well, you know what I'll do? I'll show them. I'm going to go rent a lift. I'm going to hang a UT flag right outside that Because building. that has such an effect, you know. Why would you do that? Trying to spend money. So they know. I want them to know that we're watching. Crazy town. All right, y'all have a great day. Uh, tomorrow on the program, got a lot to get to. I mean, I feel like we could do three more hours right now. But due to the constraints of the broadcast clock and my contractual obligations, we must hand the microphone over to Steel Man and Thune at Have noon. Have a next. wonderful afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody. This is the Home of Sooner Fans.